I'm not giving you a sermon today. Uh, I'm giving you what I'm calling um, just thoughts on fasting. Um, some thoughts on fasting. And so really what you're getting today is a bit more like kind of advice from your pastor than it is a sermon. Um, by the way, next week we're going to start a new series going through uh, the first seven chapters of the book of 1 Samuel. So we'll look at the life of Samuel uh, over the course of about seven weeks. And there'll be some things that interrupt us through that series. Uh, so we'll be back to normal preaching next week. Um, but like I said, we're doing something a little bit different uh, today. And that's because a couple times a year as a church, we want to take some time to focus on some of the key, uh, what are called disciplines in the Christian faith. Um, and so uh, right after Christmas and New Year's, we talked about prayer. We challenged us to become the kind of church that prays. And that's why we started that prayer meeting on Sunday mornings. And today, the Christian discipline that we're going to focus on is uh, fasting. And actually, a number of people over the last couple of months have asked me about this. What is it? Why do Christians do it? And so we thought we would address it. Um, just by way of introduction, some of you know that I have another job in addition to leading our church. Some of you maybe you're surprised. What? Somebody would employ him? Yes. Um, and this last week, I was away with some of our staff doing some planning and some praying and some team building with that ministry that I work with. And the question was posed by one of the team during one of our meals, and uh, it was this. What is your food guilty pleasure? What's the, what's the thing that you eat that you don't want anyone else to know that you eat? You like eat it secretly in your car. What's that? And uh, there were some good answers from around the table, and it dawned on me about halfway through the seven or eight of us who were sharing that. Um, they were actually describing pretty much my regular diet. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to share my answer with you, mostly because I don't want Emmy to know what my secret thing is. She's not in the room, but she might listen to this later. So um, there were some really interesting things um, that were shared. But because I was thinking about what we're talking about today, it, it sort of dawned on me that um, just think about if the foods that we eat sort of represented some of the disciplines of the Christian faith. So put it this way, if, if pizza is the dis discipline of worship, right? You eat that a lot. You enjoy that pizza. That's the dis discipline of worship. Um, and cheeseburgers, they're the discipline of hearing sermons. And street tacos, that's the discipline of Christian fellowship, of having meals together and enjoying time together. That means that kale is the discipline of fasting. You know it exists. You know it's good for you. But you're not sure why. Uh, and besides, you know, it, it tastes really bitter. And so it's, just, it's not the thing that you think of when you think of putting a meal together and all the things that you want to enjoy. And so here's what we're going to do today. And it's only going to be very brief. I'm going to introduce to you the idea of fasting. And I want to lay out a challenge that we all begin to make it a regular part of our diet of Christian disciplines. Yes, pun intended. And here's why. Uh, just think for a moment about what you've been going through. Just let's say over the last four weeks. What have you, what's happened in your life in the last four weeks? And in the midst of all that, have you at some point doubted your own love and affection for Christ? Have you wondered somewhere along the way, like if you really even believe it? Have you been plagued by a particular habitual sin that you just so desperately want cut right out of your life? In the last four weeks, have you been or are you faced with big life choices and decisions? And you're wanting to make good and wise choices? Or have you been lamenting something happening in the world or in society? These are all reasons in the Bible that people fast. 
Those are all good reasons for fasting, and you find that all over Scripture, people fasting for things like that. And so we're going to look briefly at fasting in the Bible, and then I'm going to give us some very practical steps to begin adding it to your diet. Um, and I'm going to do that, by the way, in a very Christchurch Los Angeles way, and you'll see what I mean when we get there. But first, let me talk about fasting in general, and then I'm going to give you four different focuses for fasting, and that's when it will become very Christchurch Los Angeles. Uh, and so think, like I said before, think of this not as a sermon, but just practical advice from your pastor about how to eat some kale. Uh, so what is fasting? Well, here's a definition of fasting. Uh, we can get that on the screen. Um, fasting is voluntarily going without any regularly enjoyed gift from God. Usually it's food for the sake of some spiritual purpose. So fasting is voluntarily going without any regularly enjoyed gift from God, usually food, for the sake of some spiritual purpose. And usually when the Bible talks about fasting, uh, it is in regards to food. Uh, there are other legitimate ways to fast, and there are some in Scripture as well. But, um, for example, you could, you could fast, this is not in Scripture, but you could fast from social media. Uh, you could fast from television. You could fast from alcohol. You could fast from watching your favorite baseball team. Um, although, depending on what your team is, it's maybe not something you regularly enjoy. Uh, not always a gift. My team, won, my team won 21 to 0 yesterday. That is enjoyable. But the idea is to turn from anything that you typically turn to for comfort other, other than Jesus. To turn away from anything that you typically turn to for comfort other than Jesus. And so that being said, my experience is that food is your best option. And again, I'll tell you why in a minute. But before we go, let me just a quick biblical survey of the idea of fasting. Uh, the idea of fasting actually shows up in the Bible about 77 or 78 times. And to put that in perspective, baptism, something we think is very important, is mentioned 75 times. So just looking at how many times it's mentioned in the Bible, it comes across as an important topic. And yet, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, the Apostle Peter, Apostle John, also New Testament authors, they never command it in any of their letters. So they're never like, you must fast. They never say that. Um, they do talk about it, but they never command it. The way the New Testament talks about fasting, it's more like, almost like an assumption. The assumption is that fasting is, it's just something that Christians do. It's like a regular habit that Christians have. That's the assumption of the New Testament. Uh, Jesus mentioned it in Matthew 6, along with prayer and giving. He says, when you pray, and when you give, and when you fast. It's not an if, but a when. So you see the assumption that's there. It's something that you would do, just like you would pray, just like you would give to the church. And when you get to the book of Acts, you actually see fasting as a regular practice of individuals and churches, especially at major turning points or crisis points in the lives of individuals or churches. So when you read through the book of Acts, you'll find people doing it when there's like a big thing coming, or when somebody's in prison, or when somebody is sick. And actually in Acts chapter 14, the Apostle Paul, he set out fasting as part of the pattern of every local church. So he's setting out the, the sort of pattern of how these churches will be, and fasting is part of that. But I want to focus briefly on the passage where Jesus addresses fasting directly, and that's the one I read to you, Matthew chapter 9. And so I hope you still have that open. Uh, it's actually one of the central texts in the New Testament. And uh, the context of fasting in Jesus' mind is actually, notice what he talks about there. He talks about a time when the bridegroom is there at a time when the bridegroom is not there. And so the context of it in Jesus' mind is longing for the time after he will return from heaven. That's what he's getting at. 
And so while Christ was here, he says, while I'm here, you shouldn't fast. There's no fasting while I'm here because the bridegroom is here. But when he was taken away, there's now an ache in the hearts of God's people, a longing for what God promised, a longing for what is called the not yet of the kingdom of God. And so some of God's kingdom has actually come into our lives today. You've experienced that, right? If you've experienced forgiveness, if you've experienced mercy, if you've experienced kindness, that's some of God's kingdom breaking into your life today. But it's not fully here. And it's not fully going to be here until Christ the bridegroom returns from heaven. And so fasting then, in Jesus' mind, is the, the physical longing for the return of Christ. It's saying that what I want more than food, or whatever it is that you give up for the fast, what I want more than that is for Christ to return in the future and for the presence of his kingdom to come into my life today. That would actually break into my day today. Uh, in a sense, fasting is a joining with creation as creation groans for Christ to return. You know what happens when you don't eat for a while. Your body actually groans, doesn't it? You get the rumbly in the tummy, as Winnie the Pooh so famously called it. You, you, actually, you actually groan. Creation itself groans when you're hungry. And so when you're fasting, you're actually joining with this groaning. For Christ to return. It's a longing for everything that is wrong with the world to be put right. And so put it this way. If you're a Christian, you want to see people saved. You want to see people healed. You want to see relationships restored. You want to see oppression ended. These are all groanings. These are all longings. These are all things that there's a void there because they exist. And so we long for Christ to return and to set all of that right again. And so fasting then is allowing our stomachs, our bodies, to feel the ache that our heart and our emotions and our spirit feel. It's actually connecting the things together. And so fasting in one way, it's actually, it's a, it's a positive statement. It's us saying with our bodies, I long for Jesus. I want Jesus more than I want food or television or social media or anything else that I want to give up. And so one, on the one hand, fasting, it's a positive statement saying, I want Jesus more than whatever it is that my body is, is groaning for right now. There's a sense, though, uh, that's uh, kind of a negative statement uh, in which fasting, it's actually exposing an idolatry. It's maybe exposing something you didn't even know you had. So when I'm not being satisfied by food or by coffee or by my iPhone, what is it that comes out of my heart? When do I become impatient and irritable? All of a sudden, this fasting begins to point out some idolatries in my heart. So anger, frustration, lust, envy, pride. What is it that I then attempt to fill the void with? And so when I give up something that's critical to my life, it exposes what I really long for, what I really want. Or it exposes some other sin in my life that I wasn't previously aware of. And so not only is fasting a way of declaring my longing for Christ, it's also an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to point out sin and idolatry that I wasn't previously aware of. So let me just recap. Uh, fasting, here's the definition again. Fasting is voluntarily going without any regularly enjoyed gift from God, usually food, for the sake of some spiritual purpose. And what we get from the pattern of, of the New Testament and from Jesus' teaching about fasting is a reason for fasting and it's that our longing for food would, on the one hand, lead us to a greater longing for the presence of Christ in our lives. 
And on the other hand, point out the things in our lives that distract us from our longing for Christ. In other words, point out our sins and our idolatries. Now, let me just give you a brief aside on why I think food is the best option for fasting. So I'm not saying you can't fast from, you know, watching your favorite sports team or fast from coffee or fast from TV. Um, but this is opinion alert, okay? So what I'm about to say is just my humble opinion. So um, please feel free to disagree with me on this point. But I actually think food is the best option for fasting. And I think that because it's just about the only thing we can fast from that is a holistic longing. Uh, in other words, you could fast from television and feel bored. You could fast from social media and feel uninformed. Uh, you could fast from uh, food and your whole body is in on it. Your whole body is reacting to that. Uh, and quite often so, by the way, are your family and your friends and your coworkers for a number of reasons. But when you fast from food, you feel the pain of hunger. You feel the drain of energy. You feel the brain fog. You feel the loss of community as you miss out on the mealtime conversations with friends, with families, or coworkers during lunch. Fasting from food means you're 100% engaged in body, emotion, mind, even relationally. Uh, fasting from food, it creates in you a deep longing for what it is that you're missing. And it's that feeling uh, that, that deep longing that we should then connect to our longing for the presence of Christ in our lives. Or that longing for a particular sin to be removed, or for God to intervene or lead in our lives in a, in a particular way. Let me put it another way, fasting, it should connect us with our longing for the presence of Christ to comfort us, to lead us, to challenge us, to free us. And so what you can do when you feel those longings for a morsel of food is to say, Jesus... Please teach me to long for you the way I long for food in this moment. With how much I desire lunch, a sandwich, a bag of chips, would I long for you more than I long for that? Jesus, the longing I feel in my body right now for food, it's like the longing I have for you to answer my prayers for X, for you to do this thing in my life. Or, Jesus, the longing I have for food is like the longing I have for you to guide me in my decisions about why. Or for you to free me from X sin in my life. And so I think food is the best way to go about fasting because it's much less circumstantial than the other ones that are mentioned. It's much easier to find ways to entertain yourself if you're fasting from television. And while it might not be a bad thing for you, it doesn't create the same kind of longings as food. And so for the most part, it doesn't matter much what your circumstances are. When you're hungry, you're hungry. And that longing for food rushes in and often takes captive your thoughts and your emotions, doesn't it? You know, if you went the rest of the day without eating today, I bet probably most of your thoughts would be about food. The hunger takes captive your thoughts. And it actually takes captive your emotions because guess what happens when you get frustrated with somebody when you're hungry? You're more angry. And so it's not just your physical body. It, it takes over everything. Now, that being said, I know there may be some of you for whom fasting is dangerous because of health concerns. And if that's the case, then please don't take all this about fasting from food as absolute truth. Like I said, it was just my opinion. Uh, you most certainly can fast from other good gifts that God has given you to enjoy and reap the benefits of fasting. But you can see how 
uh, fasting from food, it just it connects everything all together. Um, so then just briefly, what should we focus on when we're fasting? Uh, here's four foci for fasting, four focuses. And this is where it becomes very Christchurch Los Angeles um, because uh, I'm going to describe them in a very CCLA way of saying up, down, up, and out. So it's an outline you should be able to remember. Um, if you're kind of new to Christchurch, we talk about these four postures, these four ways of approaching God. Um, and so we always talk about how we begin by looking up to worship God. And then that causes us to look down in confession and repentance and to bring our concerns before the Lord. Uh, and then through the good news of the gospel and scripture, we're lifted up uh, and then we're sent out. So up, down, up, and out. We talk about that here all the time as a church. Uh, but there's four focuses we can use to help us in our fasting. Um, there's more than these, by the way, but I'm just going to give them to you in those categories of up, down, up, and out. So um, one focus when fasting would be to look up. And so you could do a fast where you focus on worship, where you look at the character of God, where you feel the longing for food, when, when that happens, when you're feeling that longing, that desire for food, you would actually take the time to meditate on a particular attribute of God that you would think about his love or his goodness or his kindness, his justice, his mercy, his power, his wisdom, his knowledge. And then you would ask God to help you to long for him to show you his character in your life more than your longing for food or whatever it is that you're fasting from. So you see how that begins to connect. Your body starts to say, I have a longing. It begins to take your mind captive, and you take those thoughts captive, and you say, while I'm longing for this thing, I'm going to ask God that he would help me long for him uh, and his character more than I long for food. You see how that works. So that's looking up. So one focus during fasting would be that you could look up. Another one could be that you look down. And so you could do a fast where you uh, focus on repentance, where you actually bring before the Lord uh, in repentance and confession a particular sin or group of sins that you want him to cut out of your life. And so in, during that fast, you would ask God to help you to long for purity and righteousness that comes from Christ more than you would long to do that sin again. And so as your hunger comes in and you have that desire for food that you would say, Jesus, may I desire your righteousness more than I desire the sin in my life. So that's one way of looking down. You could also look down uh, through lament. That's another thing we do in our church all the time. Um, you could actually bring before the Lord something that you're lamenting in the world. And so if your heart is broken over war that's happening in the world, if your heart is broken over racism, if your heart is broken over a particular person's, uh, particular person's illness like cancer, then you can pray by saying something like, Lord, the longing I feel for food right now is like the longing I feel for this person's cancer to be removed or for that war to end. And so that's a way of looking down through fasting. Uh, and then we talk about being raised up. And so the other up is being lifted up by the gospel. So you could actually do a fast where you focus particularly on the gospel itself. That you take the time to meditate on the actual gospel message. Uh, if you want to try this one, I would recommend that you use um, in your uh, service order is this insert. And it's just, all this is is biblical text strung together to tell you the gospel. Uh, so there's light editing in here just to make the paragraphs move smoothly. But otherwise, this is just the text from the NIV uh, reminding you of the gospel. And so you can take this home and uh, while you're doing a fast and you're feeling that longing for food, you could read through this. 
and you could use that um, as a way to guide you through that fast. There's also a book that I've referenced on there at the bottom uh, called A Gospel Primer for Christians, and uh, that's a longer version of what you have there in your text, um, and so you could pick that book up as well. Uh, so that's being lifted up. You could actually have a fast, a day, a half a day, a week of fasting where you just focus on the gospel. Uh, and then the last one, last focus I'll share about today is, is out. And so for this focus, you could bring before the Lord your longing for guidance in your life or wisdom about a decision. So if you're facing a decision or you don't know what to do next, you could fast and you could pray by saying, uh, every time you feel that hunger, God, just as I long for food in this moment, I long to please you with my life and with my decisions. And so please guide me and give me wisdom. And so you could take a time to fast uh, by looking out. Uh, or you could do all four. You could have a time of fasting, and every time you feel that longing, you could go through up, down, up, and out in that way. Um, so that's just really practically what it begins to look like to fast. Um, very practical next steps, and then we'll... Um, move on uh, with some more prayer and worship. Um, just two very practical next steps. Number one, if you're going to do this, start small. Uh, if it's food, don't plan to fast for a week, if that's your first time doing it, uh, or even a whole day. Uh, plan to fast for a meal. Start with lunch or dinner. Um, if it's something else like TV or social media, since none of those are a necessity to your life, you might start with a week, but if it's food, start with a meal. But wherever you start, start small and build up over time to longer and longer fasts. So start small. Number two, pick a focus and make a plan. And so every time in the Bible you see someone or a group of people fasting, it has both a focus and a plan. They're like, this is what we're fasting over and this is how long we're going to do it. Uh, every time you come across fasting in the Bible, you see those two things. Um, and so pick one of the four that I just mentioned and make a plan. You know, we'll use the meal time to have concentrated time of prayer. Or what will you do each time you feel the longing for food or the thing that you're fasting from? What is, what is, what is the plan? What are you going to do? Um, and so instead of thinking about the food or what you'll eat when the fast is over, use the time to pray or to meditate on something from the Bible. Uh, but whatever it is that you do, um, whatever you focus on, have a plan in place. Um, so that's just a little bit about what fasting is. Um, and I just want to challenge you. Just think for a minute. If we did this individually... Well, if we did this as groups, or even if we did this as a church, just think about who we might become. That if you made fasting a, a sort of regular diet of your life, where you might focus on growing in worship of God, or you might focus on uh, overcoming a particular habitual sin in your life, or the brokenness in the world, or, or if you spent time regularly fasting and thinking about the gospel, or regularly fasting and asking God to give you wisdom and lead you and guide you, think about who you'd become. Think about who we'd become as a church. We would grow in our worship of God and our godliness through repentance and our affection for Christ through the gospel and our love and care for the world around us. And so I don't see much of a downside, at least not one that outweighs the benefits of fasting. And so just like in January when we had a Sunday like this, um, I encourage us to become a church that prays, become the kind of people that pray. I want to challenge everyone to take some step this week towards fasting. To make some decision to say, here's how I'm going to add fasting into my life uh, on a regular basis. You might want to do uh, one meal once a month. You might want to grow to one day once a month. You might want to grow to one meal a week. I don't know what it is, but some small step in that direction. 
Um, and I know one of the things the Bible says about fasting is you're not supposed to declare your fast in a prideful way. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do this week. I promise you it's not me being prideful. Um, but just as an example so that you have something. Because like I said, most people who've asked me about it, they just don't know what it is. And so I just want to tell you what it looks like. And, and this, is, this is what mine will look like this week. So tomorrow on Monday, uh, I normally take dedicated time on Mondays anyway to pray for each and every one of you and to pray for our church. Um, but tomorrow I'm going to fast from lunch and I'm going to focus on the goodness of God. So I'm going to do that first one, the first up, looking up. And in that fast, I'm going to focus on the goodness of God. And I'm going to do it because that's been one of my biggest struggles lately. I've doubted the goodness of God in much of what he's provided for me and given to me. And I find myself frustrated often. And it's, I've realized through scripture that that's actually just me doubting the goodness of God in my life. Uh, and so during my fast, I'll look at some scripture about the goodness of God. And when I feel hungry, I'm just going to recount all the good and kind gifts God has given to me. It's a picture of what it looks like to fast. That's, that's just one example of looking up. Um, so if you feel like God is challenging you to take a step towards adding fasting to your normal diet of Christian disciplines, um, I just want to encourage you, you don't have to, but I, I'd love to know about it. I'd love to know what it is so that I can pray for you. Um, and so would you let us know? An easy way to do that is um, you can put it in the comment section on the cards that are around you. And so you could just put in there, you know, I'm going to look up tomorrow, or I'm going to do this on Wednesday, whatever it is, just, just let us know um, so that I can pray for you and our team can pray for you and your fasting. Uh, and then would you pray for me tomorrow because I'm going to be hungry and irritable and my whole body is going to be connected to my spirit as I go through this, like, I am so hungry mode. Um, pray for me in that, that I would actually learn and grow in my understanding and my trust in the goodness of God. Um, so there you go. Some thoughts on fasting. Not a sermon. Come back next week. We'll be preaching like normal. Uh, we'll be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 7. But just some thoughts on fasting and a challenge that we would become not only the kind of church that prays, but the kind of church that fasts and brings our concerns before the Lord in that way. Um, let me pray for us, and then we'll um, share in the Lord's Supper together. Um, Father, I pray that you help us to become the kind of church that fasts, uh, that we would actually add fasting to our regular diet of Christian disciplines, and that through it, Lord, we would learn to depend on you more, that we would learn your character more, that we would grow in our richness and understanding of the gospel more. Uh, Father, that we would be freed more and more from the sin that so easily entangles us. Lord, help us to be a church that fasts, that trusts you for all things. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.